Welcome into another edition of Locked On Bills, post-game edition, Bills-Browns, Bills 19, Browns 17 in this action-packed storyline game. I'm your host, Kevin Misery, here with Jason Shannon. This is your local daily podcast. We're going to bring you all the greatest news from today. Lots to talk about. Lots of MVP candidates coming out from this game. LVPs coming out. We're going to talk about who might have made a roster, who might have gotten themselves cut. Some big quarterback injury news that couldn't make it a two-man race. And uh, maybe need a veteran quarterback on this roster. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm good. I'm a little better after, uh, you know, preseason win, a couple of good performances. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely not feeling negative uh, about my Friday night so far. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it looked ugly in the first quarter. Uh, there's no way around it. You don't know if McCarron was taking an injury into this game or if he was, you know, playing with fire there uh, with potentially uh, having some some soreness. But did – I thought he evacuated a little, even for three, three and outs. Maybe they were limiting him to three series, but did seem like he went out a little bit early. Um, but it, it is breaking news that he did have a hairline fracture in his collarbone. So he, I mean, that's, I'm not a doctor, but it's, you know, four to five weeks usually. It could be three to five if it's slight, very slight. Aaron Rodgers suffered a similar thing without eight weeks. But I mean, it's a pain tolerance thing. Could be six to eight weeks, which leaves, you know, us here with the Josh Allen, Nathan Peterman debate. Um, Jason, we're going to start there at, right at the top of, of this game specifically. Uh, A.J. McCarron, three for six for uh, 12 yards. I did not rec- uh, record a first down. Josh Allen, nine for 13 for 60 yards and a touchdown. And Nathan Peterman, eight for 10 for 113 yards and a touchdown. What did you see from that quarterback unit? And kind of what's, what's your initial thoughts on the injury and, and what's going to happen here? Um, well, today I want Josh Allen to start for this team week one. Uh I, I'm not sure that this team's going to be very good. I know you're a little more optimistic than me, though not not crazy. Um, but I think it's very possible that this team could be, you know, most likely is going to fall between five and eight wins. And, you, you know, the way some of the national pundits talk about it, they think that's even high. But I don't. I think this team's too well coached. If we're going to fall within that range, I want to see Josh Allen do it. I think for this offense to move, we're going to need somebody with a little ingenuity who's going to take chances, who's got arm talent. I don't think we're going to be able to do this by just, you know, dinking and dunking uh, open, you know, to open receivers and, you know, sitting back behind good blocking because I don't really think they're going to get great pass blocking and I don't think they're going to, you know, see a lot of open receivers, you know, depending on who they keep. But even any combination of that, I don't think that's going to be anything but still a bottom six receiver unit. So I, I like to see a guy like Josh Allen take chances. You see on that touchdown play, the way he moved around the pocket, the way he just slung it. Uh, you, you saw the good and the bad with him, and he still finished nine for 13 with a touchdown and no interceptions and uh, really looked good against a second string defense. Uh, you know, after really that defense, even though, you know, it was mostly the first in the beginning, um, really dominated agent McCarron and dominated that same offensive line. So I thought it was encouraging and maybe it's just cause I've already seen Peterman play poorly. Um, but I thought even his eight for 10 for 113 yards and a touchdown were, you know, that didn't tell the whole story. Uh, certainly with that Nicole Leary touchdown, uh, I, I, I would hope that I would score that touchdown. So I like the three too. I know he's not particularly fast, and I don't think that the Bills coaches are going to look at that and say, oh, Nick Lillier is back to being tight end two. I, I 
I think that's going to not matter really at all. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's possible that he may have played his way on to tight end three um, as, as I think Kroon went out with an injury, which could be devastating, could play uh, O'Leary back onto the roster. So we're going to see how that, I mean, they seem to really like Kyrie Lee too. So um, yeah, I, I think Kyrie Lee's making that team. I think they're going to keep four tight ends. Yeah, Lee was on the team last year as a fourth tight end. I mean, he's not a lock, but he he's a secret, like, I'm on the roster guy. So um, depending on if they keep – I mean, the big decision it was really, I think, that, I mean, they're going to keep uh, Logan Thomas. So the decision is do they keep Kroom or do they keep O'Leary if Kroom's hurt? I mean, there you go. Um, yeah. unless, unless they use that roster spot, maybe on a punt return guy I've been looking for is uh, Kalen Clay, who had a really good punt return and then a really weird one where his progress was stopped, but then fumbled. Didn't like to see that. Uh, just when I thought maybe there was a case for a punt returner on this roster returner, uh, just the return units. I mean, Brandon Tate was pretty decent, but they're, they're, they were lackluster in the last couple of years, in my opinion, uh, had a little bit out of punt kick returns been terrible. Uh, even when they take them out, it just hasn't been good. Anyways, you know, getting into Marcus Murphy, a guy that, you know, looks great on punt, looks good as a third down running back. I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, is fighting, I think, more Chris Ivory for the number two than he is Taiwan Jones and Keith Ford. Marcus Murphy went for four for 39. Um, was a touchdown. That was a touchdown. I don't think he was out. Um, I think you reviewed that in the regular season. I think it was good on them for just wanting to see a goal line. Season. We wouldn't have gotten that Josh Allen throw without a, true. With that being a touchdown. We might have been so. robbed of that because I think that was a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see him step out at all. So I don't, I don't know what the call would have been there. But good to get that goal line series. It did lead to a, a Josh Allen touchdown on a really good step up in the pocket off balance throw right on the money. A throw that he has the arm tail to make, but many didn't think he'd be able to uh, really footwork wise, make that throw. I mean, that was kind of supposed to be his big knock was with pressure, you know, he's supposed to be poor, um, bad fundamentals, but I mean, he's had great fundamentals. His footwork has drastically improved. And I guess, can you, can you say that that's the Jordan Palmer Academy or um, just, he has better competition. I mean, what, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that's going to get better. I don't necessarily think that that play is like indicative of everything, though. I I don't think his footwork's been perfect. I think the whole point is that it's been inconsistent, you know, and I think he's been improving. But you even see the the first throw that he made to Kelvin Benjamin that was off by like a year, and I can't. I don't know if whether that was inaccuracy or whether he didn't know what the route was. But either way, he you know. He missed that. I really don't like him throwing under three yards. I still think he's terribly bad at screen passes and sort of your short throws. You know, your really short throws. I think he's really surprised me in the in the intermediate range. But yeah, he's going to get better. I think I think he's better at this point than I thought he would be. But now that I've just seen him and gotten caught up with it, it's just like if we're probably going to lose or be mediocre, like let's just develop this guy. Let's have a little bit of excitement with it. You know, I was, I was thinking the only way I wanted to see one of those other guys is if it was going to make a difference of three or four games. I think it's really clear that it's not. I don't think that I think Nathan Peterman or AJ McCarron with good blocking might be a game better, two games better. I don't know, but it's not enough at this point for me to not see Josh Allen and not to rob myself of a season of, you know, crazy bombs and seeing a, you know, big athletic quarterback go and make plays. Uh, you know, I think, I think he is, you know, just a gamer right now and uh, he's got to clean some stuff up and I, I wouldn't predict a very good season from him, but I, that doesn't matter to me. I, I think the guy should start. 
right away. Right. I mean, I've been on that train since the day, pretty much the day we drafted him. I'm like, well, if he can't beat out, I'm still going to stick by it. If he can't beat out Adrian McCarron and Nathan Peterman, that actually shows me that either the front office and or coaching staff is like, we're just not playing this guy under any circumstance or he's yeah. not good enough, which is the, the latter is concerning to me. So um, I, I, I think it would be more the former where they would be like, we're just not going to play him no matter who's on our roster. He's just going to, he's going to sit, but I think he's a better player. I mean, just straight up as a rookie, I think he's the better player out of the three. AJ McCarron now is taking himself out of the race, most likely at least the starter race. I mean, he might be back at some point this year, but I mean, it's him versus Peterman, and I think you know where every fan wants to go on this one, Jason. Sure, and it's more exciting that way. But I also think, in a sense, that he might be better for the makeup of this team right now, specifically the, the offensive line and the receivers. I think if we had a bunch of open receivers and Peterman could do his quick pass thing, I think that, that he might be a viable option at this point. Also, like, when he threw those, threw those interceptions uh, – against San Diego. I mean, a lot of that was just having a complete inability to handle pressure. And I think Josh Allen could possibly make up a, a little bit of the difference there, being able to scramble under pressure, apparently be able to throw pretty well under pressure, or at least as well as he does when he's standing still. Um, you know, some of his worst throws are really when he has time and it just really wants to gun it. Uh, so it, you know, and, and another thing that Josh Allen has done pretty well in his career, even in college, even with, you know, sort of lackluster receivers, uh, is that he is willing to just throw the ball up. And we have several of those receivers where that's probably their best trait. Um, I don't think Andre Holmes has a ton of awesome NFL traits at this point, but I think that going up and getting the ball is probably one of them. I know that that's one of Kelvin Benjamin's. Uh, it, I, I I'm just throwing in that I think Kelvin Benjamin's going to have a really good year this year if he's healthy. Uh, he looks like he's, you know, 85% in shape, uh, maybe even 100% Kelvin Benjamin in shape. But just the way – if he can just run a little bit, the way that he can use his body and just how huge he is, is just like an impossible cover for like 5'11 and under. Like you just can't cover him. And on that first throw from McCarron, which was really his best play of the game, he threw it into double coverage, and it was like a really perfect throw. And Kelvin Benjamin just basically let it bounce off his chest. But I watched that play, and I was like, wow, McCarron can make that throw. And Benjamin is just always open. And, you know, that's the way I look at it rather than a drop pass. I think drop passes are really only a huge deal when it's, like, super symptomatic. But, uh, I, you know, I watched that play, and I was like, man, Kelvin Benjamin's going to be something this year. Definitely. I mean, this is Locked on Bills, your team, your local news daily, bringing it to you. We're recapping the 19-17 to 17 Bills win over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, just talking about, you know, we're getting into a little bit about the game and what we're looking forward to going forward after this, this performance. I'm talking about running back, Jason. We, we've, yeah. we've kind of talked about quarterback as much as we can at this point, and we'll, we'll get into it, as you guys know, uh, in future shows. But uh, lots of good stuff there, and I still think the camp arm has to come in, whether it's a veteran presence that a guy that might make the roster or whether it's just a throwaway Matt Liner slash Bummy, Jordan Palmer himself. Um, I think it's going to come in the form of one or the other. I'm, I'm leaning toward that they with, with a young Peterman and Allen that they would go with like a Matt Moore slash Derek Anderson type. Um, but those are two names that are still out there. Obviously, Derek Anderson has a lot of experience with his front office. Um, so I, I could, and Matt Moore does actually too as well. He he court, he has some some linkage with his staff. I do think that they go that way over the uh, uh, over the T.J. Yates of the world, Kellen Clemens, you know, 
Ryan Mallets of the world that I can see as free agents and or undrafted free agents. So we'll see what happens. They definitely are going to need a, a guy for game four. So um, yeah, that's, that's for sure. So I want to talk about running back, Jason. I think, you know, McCoy in there showed a little bit of his normal burst, even though he had not much running room. Only went for four for 11. Chris Ivory, two for six, got in after Marcus Murphy uh, in a short yardage situations too. So that's interesting. Uh, Marcus Murphy, once again, went for four for 39 yards and just has been a camp darling. He's a, he's a guy that comes over from New Orleans, you know, just like a couple of our other players. I mean, we have a couple of New Orleans running backs on this roster, but Marcus Murphy, 5'9", 195, 26-year-old, uh, seventh-round pick by New Orleans in 2015, a guy that's never really been too much, been on practice squads, actually came in and was active during the postseason game last year. So Marcus Murphy is a guy that I think played his way onto the roster, Jason. What's your opinion? I hope he did because he's been really good and a really bright spot there. His punt return was great. I, I think the fact that they put him back there as the first punt returner in the first place shows that they have faith in him, that they tried him out, and that they feel pretty secure with him being there. I mean, they've a lot of times with these returners, they just want a guy who's able to catch the ball and not turn it over. So to put, you know, you're, you know, going into camp, your fourth or fifth running back back there as your lead punt returner is, uh, shows the kind of faith they have, but he's, he's done it two straight games. Now uh, he looked bright at the end of last season. Really? He played in that Miami game and had a couple good runs. Uh, was almost the starter for the playoff game. If you remember, cause he was like the only healthy running back, uh, but McCoy ended up playing. I, I, he has to make this team at this point. I think he's got some special teams flexibility. I have a hard time thinking that they don't keep four because I think they really want to keep Cadet. I don't think there's they're a trying for, with Cadet. Yeah, they're really. I, I I think they're really trying. I don't think there's a use for Tywan Jones at that point. If you have a guy like Murphy there, I mean, if we go through it, I'd rather keep Murphy than Chris Ivory. Uh, I think Chris Ivory's seen his best days and I think he's looking a little slow and he's been an unreliable ball carrier in terms of holding onto the ball the last couple of years. And I, I could see a situation where Murphy just ends up being the second running back. Uh, but I, I think there's probably four and it would be a real shame for Murphy not to make it just to keep cadet and Jones or whatever they would end up doing. But at this point, I think he's made it so abundantly clear that he can actually make plays during the regular season for this team. Uh, you know, he's not going to be anything crazy. He's probably not going to have Carlos Williams's rookie year or, you know, the Michael Gillisley seasons, but I do think that he can contribute in a much, in a much bigger factor than Mike Tolbert did last year. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's no doubt. And I think I, I'm, to me, I want him as my third back and I don't really, I don't know how my roster final 53 is going to come out, but I am going to probably release one here soon. I don't really want cadet or Jones on my team at all. I don't see the benefit of Mur Murphy's going to take that punt return away. I mean, you can throw him at kick return too, if you need to. Um, I mean, it's a pretty nothing job. So he's going to get a lot of work. You can play him on other special teams units. If you need to, he's going to get some action on special packages on offense and then practice squad Keith forward. I mean, as your fourth guy, yeah. I just don't think you lose anything doing that. And you free up a roster spot and, and, per, and pretty clearly have Marcus Murphy active on game days uh, with Chris Ivory and LaShawn McCoy. So I just think, and then only keeping Pat DeMarco, you're really freeing up a spot, especially when we know that this, this, this team's most likely going to keep Kroom as a fourth tight end or, or Lee as a fourth tight end. If it's O'Leary, um, if O'Leary's in there still in the top three, which 
you know, it's not looking great for him. I mean, you, you really know McDermott's a pretty transparent guy in terms of like where players are playing. Like you yeah. don't see a third teamer come out and, and, and just make the team. Like the guy's got to get elevated to the second team. If, if O'Leary gets the second team, you know, he's got back to a shot. Uh, but back, right. I mean, just same with same. That's why I think Murphy's locks out uh, rock solid, just like Ford Ford, If you think Ford's going to make the roster, he would need to go up and start taking snaps away from Murphy. Um, and then, then I think you can say that's a legitimate battle, but the way that Murphy's been playing and where he's been playing more importantly, he's not just ripping it up in the fourth quarter and all they're doing is running up the middle. I mean, he's getting in and, and with, against pure players that are making other squads. Yeah. Looks, uh, you know, Carolina's starting defense. I mean, like, really exactly. And like, there. And like a lot of one B two A guys for Cleveland too. Um, yeah. No, it's and now that I think about it and go through the positions, I mean, I don't think there's a position less that I'd want to carry the extra player than running back on this team. Probably, I would much rather you know rather than Cadet and or Taiwan Jones. I'd much rather have the extra receiver. I'd much yeah. rather have the fourth tight end. I'd much rather have an extra linebacker probably. Um, I'd much rather keep uh, Sierra ne- Neal on this team. Yeah, that'd be the one. Well, um, you know, I'd rather probably keep Mike Love or somebody, you know, just a guy that you, you know, just want to see what they got at yeah. this point. No uh, offense to Taiwan. Um, I would love to keep like a Mike Love or uh, a young, you know, Xavier Woodson Luster guy that actually made a really big play today. We're going to get in the defense here in one quick minute. Um, but did want to finish up on offense by really talking about the offensive line. Um, showed they had their moments. I thought they're, they're actually much better in pass pro than I thought, but the run, run, run protection got better. Um, I liked a lot of what I saw when Ryan Groy goes in the game, Jason. I mean, I think he's just. Yeah, I don't know what better. else to say. I think this should end. And why Tower's yeah, been good. Yeah. But I, I think I, I think Roy should be the starting center. I don't think we need to do this flip flop thing anymore. Um, the the interior line looks significantly worse, and you know I really only got one shot to see each play, or you might see a replay or something. But I think the interior line, whether it was the calls or just the blocks that Bodine missed, I, I think Roy's the guy. I thought it was obvious from the start. You obviously, if you go and sign a center, you got to give a guy a chance. But um, I think they're better off with Groy. He's experienced with his team. I'm sure he's got some respect from his teammates. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the starting offensive line should be pretty set at this point. <laughs> Unless you want to throw wide teller in and just give him a, a try at, at, you know, probably Vlad Dukas' guard spot because um, he had some some mistakes as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I You know, I was watching the second units. I thought DeAndre Wesley had a, a pretty poor game today. Um, had a penalty and just didn't look fast enough for some of the edge rushes. It'll be interesting to see whether they move him back back to guard. You know who was good? I mean, locked on Bill special Adam Redman played well. Adam, you know what he's not good at? Snapping the ball. I know. He's not he's a, a good – he needs to play guard. I think he should be – I think he should be playing that Ike Boker spot right now. Um, on the second uh, yeah, on the second team and trying to make that yeah because Ike, Ike Boker was the I think the first guard off the bench in this game believe it or not they like um, him a lot he, I, they like him a lot I mean I I haven't watched him enough to just know for sure um you know I really didn't get to see any camp so this I would this like is a really young, my first exposure a young, a young backup squad with, with but, him but, and Redmond 
Yeah, I just I, – I think we have enough good backup linemen that I don't think we need to keep that guy unless he's really showing out. You know, Connor McDermott continues to fall. Like, he, he's just not going to make this yeah, team. He's, he, he's still, you know, PS eligible, so they might still want to keep him because clearly he's on this team because he's 6'8 and, like, you know, a, a pretty decent athlete, but he's just not strong enough to play tackle. But I thought Wesley wasn't very good at tackle today. I think Newhouse is probably going to be the swing tackle for this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they move Wesley to guard or they move Redmond up to guard. But Redmond's a really bad snapper, but that, it, it doesn't mean – well, I mean, I'm not going to say for his life. He he was not prepared to snap to Nathan Peterman in this game. Um, but if you're really serious about getting him on this team, uh, you know, being third center isn't going to be the only thing he has to do. So I, I want to see him at guard. I want to see them try him out, you know, second team and see what he can do because – you know, McDermott has, you know, compliments for him every single week. Uh, get him on the second line. I, th- I mean, I think. I mean, I think the, McDermott loves him. I mean, I think he's got his big better chance than Wesley or some of the other guys. Connor McDermott. I mean, I think he's going to be like your last ninth guy that's probably inactive unless an injury happens. He's going to be a guy that they're going to carry on the active roster, in my opinion. Um, might even be an active guy if they keep a guy like Wyatt Teller. Obviously, I mean, I think Redmond, Wyatt Teller, you know, Marshall Newhouse, uh, Russell Bodine are kind of your backups, you know, right now. And I, I think they're going to really try to keep Ike Bodiger on the roster too. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's been a pretty healthy unit, one that I still think has exceeded my expectations. I thought it would be terrible, Jason, like just downright unwatchable, bad. You can and the see. Second good. Yes. I think the second unit's good for a second unit. I think the first unit is a below average line. Uh, it just is what it is. Like any third unit. Yeah. Because even, I mean, you look at, you know, at this line and it's, you know, Deion Dawkins is probably the strongest lineman at, on it at this point. And you put him up against, you know, Miles Garrett and you realize like, oh yeah, like the strongest guy on our line is like the 18th best left tackle in the league. I mean, if we're really being serious. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's not great. And so you could see it with the McCarron drives, um, you know, against real talent. There, there might be some issues there. I hope they get it together. I'm not sure it's going to be the downfall of this team, but I'll be looking back, you know, at me talking in August about how I'm not sure. And if it goes wrong, I'm going to be looking at myself saying you should have saw it coming because right. you got a line of the rotating centers and Vlad Dukas and, John Miller, who they wouldn't play last year. I mean, it's an interesting line to where it's like it is better, stronger in numbers. It is deeper. You wouldn't lose anything if if you had to play, um, you know, White Teller over Dukas, like we've talked about, or or I don't think you'd lose a ton if if Newhouse had to go in for Mills or some of those yep. other moves. Um, so I think that their strength are in maybe late in the season when other teams are facing attrition and the Bills are like, well, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of these same guys and they're actually okay. They're just not great. Um, yep. So I think that that's maybe where you'll start to see it gel um, when other teams have defensive line injuries and, you know, other teams don't have like, I mean, I, I swear, I think one of these players on the Bills offensive line is going to get picked up. So that's kind of my prediction. Um, I think that they do have some, some, some solid eighth and ninth linemen um, on most teams. So whether that materializes in a starting unit, don't know, Jason did want to talk about defense though here. Um, so we'll get right into it. I mean, Trent Murphy didn't play. The defensive line doesn't produce much pressure. Um, 
I don't know if that's just by design or what's going on there, but Kyle Williams actually went out with an injury. He has been sporting a leg brace here, so uh, I don't know. It doesn't look great. They just showed a picture of him in the locker room. Could be a, a, a precautionary thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's not looking great. I don't know that it's going to be long-term, but I would definitely anticipate him being out for the preseason, uh, if not somewhat in the regular season. So we'll see what that injury comes out to be. Did like what I saw from Harry Phillips again and Dolph Washington. Great. Now, now talk about a unit that I do really enjoy. I mean, I like a lot of players on this unit. I thought Shaq Lawson's played really well. Eddie Yarbrough looked really good. Um, even guys like Ryan Russell show up. Terrence Fidei, who just when I think he's done with, uh, shows up. Though unblocked, um, still still made a good, good run <laughs> yeah. at the quarterback. Everyone was missing Mayfield. So um, you got to bring him down, and he did. So – I mean, that's, I, I think that's easier said than done sometimes. And a guy that I really like on this roster is Mike Love. Love to see him on the practice squad, no pun intended. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just right there, front four, Jason, anything stick out to you? Anyone you want to quickly note? Not really. I Yeah, <laughs> I had talked to you about Fede being pretty bad, and then he goes, like, literally four seconds after I messaged you, he went in had that clear run to, to the quarterback, but you're true. You're right. Uh, not many people got to Mayfield today. So, uh, you know, he right. was breaking tackles, getting around and whatever he was, you know, I like to see Shaq Lawson looking athletic. Uh, that's good. Yeah. That's Harrison Phillips pass rusher too. And, and Trent Murphy, we're forgetting that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we think that he is, I, man, this just keeps feeling worse and worse and the guy hasn't played in over a year. You know, I hope that it gets turned around, but, you know, at this point I've written him off for having any early contributions, really. Um, I'm hoping that we get a bonus, you know, a few weeks into the season, a little later, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he just hasn't practiced much, you know, coming off of an ACL tear, we'll see. Yeah, and, he's, and he's never been a th three down guy either. So, but, you know, seeing, Blossom being athletic, losing a little bit of weight, doing all that, that's good because we need it. I think Jerry Hughes is Jerry Hughes. He's going to get nine sacks and 15 penalties. That's fine. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, and Harrison Phillips is exactly – overall pick Harry Phillips. He's interesting, and he's looked like exactly who I thought he was. I think that he's a little – I don't think he's quite strong enough for his size. I do think he makes really good moves, and – seems to shed blocks pretty well uh, when he gets his arms out and does a lot of, uh, you know, just getting in the hole and stopping running backs. You know, I think there was a play. Did he get Mayfield? But he got Mayfield like two yards down the line. Like yeah, that's his sort of play where he holds yeah. his ground, gets to shed his guy if he's not getting crushed, and he goes and makes a tackle. And that's how a defensive tackle, you know, leads uh, Stanford and in, in – in tackles for a season and leads the nation in, you know, uh, tackles for loss. Right. Uh, he's got those sort of intangibles. And Eddie Yarbrough once again had a really good game. Getting into linebacker real briefly, Tremaine Edmonds got lost on one play but then turned it back around and looked really good uh, showing what he can do sideline to sideline. Um, Matt Milano looked lost out there. I don't know what the guy's doing. He's had a poor performance. And I will note him my LVP of the day. He was a terrible football play today. Um, was – constantly going in the wrong hole. I mean, you can pretty much in this system, you can't have one guy out of place or it doesn't work. Um, and he was out of place a lot leading to big runs. Um, so I, I don't know what happened there. And Matt Milano was really expecting a step up. And right now he's a step back from me, Jason. He's a guy I'm not excited about. 
Um, so we'll see if he, I, he just, he's a better gamer. Like he's a guy that didn't look good in practice last year. Um, so yeah. I don't know what happens when the real lights go on. He just flips a switch or something, but we'll see if he has that switch this year. So Lorenzo's Lorenzo. He's always a hustle guy. He's always in. He's, he's always doing Lorenzo it. looked fine today. Yeah. Him and Edmonds. Uh, I mean, a guy that I haven't liked a lot either is Julian Stanford. I mean, getting exclusive, a uh, second team snaps isn't, the player I want him to be at this point, if he's going to be like your like fourth linebacker guy, Dion Lacey's look good at times. He did get shaken out of his boots by Christian McCaffrey last week, but that happened yeah. to the starting linebackers. Um, so he's been fine. He's a special teams guy. Ramon Humber made a good play in there today. And a guy that they're really trying to work in there, both Keenan Robinson and Tanner Vallejo. Vallejo just, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever get it. Uh, Keenan Robinson could sneak on the roster. Anything there for you, Jason, the linebacker? I thought, I thought Vallejo was okay today. Uh, I, you know, he was playing against threes and stuff, so uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it much on Twitter. Maybe it ended up coming up more, but I thought Milano was really bad. Like, everybody was talking about Edmonds, and maybe it was uh, just because he had one pretty noticeable play and because he's a first-round pick. But again, he's 20 years old. Uh, I think he's a little slow on reads, but you can tell – why we drafted him. <laughs> There's just some of those plays where it's like, wow, a six, five guy can do that. And I don't think that's going to produce the best middle linebacker in the league in 2018, but he's exactly where he is or further along than where I thought he would be in August, 2018, for sure. I, I have no problem with Edmonds at all. I'm worried about Milano and I'm worried about the fact that I haven't seen another linebacker who I'd even want to replace him at this point. Um, I, I didn't see that guy stand out. I thought that, yeah, I thought Vallejo was average against backups. I thought Stanford was better than um, the first week, but still not a guy you would start, and he's, he's playing middle. Um, you know, and, and Lacey and Humber have been sort of whatever, but nobody's come out and, and you know, really flashed at the linebacker position, and we might need that. And it, I was thinking Milano might get replaced, but – you know, I think the only guy that could do is Keenan Robinson because maybe he's got the potential to cover people. But I think you might still need Milano out there just with his safety experience and his ability to cover. But he's he's really guessing there in the run game, and I don't think he can shed blockers very well. Uh, we might have gotten a little ahead of ourselves on a small sample size uh, with that guy. And we got really excited. Maybe he, once again, he dad a terrible. I thought he was getting caught, honestly, um, last season. So we'll see when the real lights come on, if or and if just even next week alone. Just just a really bad game from him specifically. And it isn't just to me if if McDermott's talking about you know the competition and getting Keenan Robinson in there. It isn't more than just this one game. He doesn't look good in practice. That means to me. So this isn't going to help. So we'll see what happens in the dress rehearsal game uh, next Saturday against Cincinnati on national TV, as well as you know the rule if you seem deep into the third preseason game or even or excuse me the fourth preseason game or even playing in the second quarter of that game uh you know that, that he's looking at a backup role and or not on the roster i don't think it's that extreme but um yeah. that's so we'll see coming up here soon real quick on d-back jason i know uh gotta wrap this one up but Vontae davis was in a little bit longer than a lot of the other corners uh starting corner and trey white and i mean even i didn't see philip games too much did you i don't know if he didn't play because uh, Taron Johnson was in a lot with the first nickel and then a lot in the second and third quarter as well. So I don't Keen's know. Keen's got in. He did a little rotation. I think that Johnson ended up with more plays, but I definitely saw gains in there in the second quarter, I believe. Okay. Um, 
but nothing special. I thought Johnson looked pretty good. Obviously, Jarvis I mean, Landry is Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they can – I think what Johnson did was encouraging. He's athletic. He clearly can tackle. I think that's really important, and that's also why Leonard Johnson was in, on the team last year, despite not even really having the athleticism part. But um, I, 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 th- I think Johnson probably still has a shot at uh, he does. I think at taking a- the slot position. I think it's a fair uh, battle. Um, and um, I thought Sarah Neal was, was good today. Uh, that sack was cool. The sack was cool, and that's why he's on the roster. If you can do things like that, you immediately open my eyes. I had a bad play earlier in the game, yeah. um, but then did show me why he was still on the roster. Um, being able to do stuff like that as a big nickel blitzer, I uh, do want to save a spot for him, especially for yeah. keeping our Bush and Dean Marlowe, who have played just, well. Um, I just want to say that the guy with that athletic potential – I would hate to cut that guy after three or four weeks claimed. of seeing him. Yeah, he's he's getting claimed that. immediately. He's not going to our practice squad. The team is taking him 100%. They probably won't even watch our preseason games. They're going to just stick take on their pre-draft. Yeah. Right. Take him on the combine and on the on – the, uh, I forgot if you played the senior bowl or the east-west game, but um, was good there too. Uh, yeah, they're not even going to care about that. You can't just quit on a guy for three or four weeks to keep – Taiwan, Taiwan Jones. Jones, right. Yeah. We came up with the same guy. Yeah. Uh, or, honestly, even Dean Marlowe. I mean, I'm being serious. I, I really I, – I don't even think you can keep a fourth safety who's, you know, marginally better than him right now to cut that guy. No, and, I don't uh, think so either. And I, do, I don't think it's a particularly good look to cut three – your last three draft picks either, even though I'm, I don't – I think we're only cutting one this year, honestly. Uh, we can talk about that maybe another time. Yeah, but, we're, we're going to talk about the cuts in a different episode, and, and we'll get into that. I mean, there are, there are some some rookie cuts, and we'll get into receiver and probably next edition. But real briefly, on, on special teams, thought it was good. Thought the return units were better than I can remember. Um, and, but I'm hard on Crossman. I think the punting battle right when Corey Cord, uh, Curry Carter shows me he can be a punter uh, gets hurt and brutal. Um, should have been a penalty. I think they did call it. They um, did, but there was okay. like four offsetting penalties with it that Bizarre. they just canceled the play. Like three on them and one on us. Yeah. Um, Colton Schmidt just is, is just not a very good football punter. And then Tyler Davis had one of the worst kicking performances I've ever seen. Um, I felt bad. Season. Those guys usually are trying to make a team, and they usually are the opposite, where it's like, man, that guy could make a team. Um, too bad we have Hauschka. But in this case, it's like, I really want Hauschka back out there just because I don't want to see this guy kick. Um, so that's that's sad, uh, but good luck to him. They'll probably get cut tomorrow. They need to bring in, they need to bring in a kicker that can actually you know rise to special team units. Uh, I mean, he's kicking the ball out of bounds. He's missing extra points and field goals. He can't do anything. Oh, um, I would I would cut him just to put an point. extra person in the linebacking sure. battle. Everyone's you know? like, well, it's just a camp leg. That was the number one argument for me. And it's like, well, it's a roster spot of a guy like Mike Love that you could find. Or yeah. and I think that the camp leg thing is important, but I think with Tuli two weeks left in the preseason and it obviously shows that he's just literally a guy to take like you know five kicks away a practice from Stephen Hauschka I think when you see established kickers you don't generally see a good backup kicker in training camp you know you see a guy who you know is kicking for buff state who's like you know just just trying to get kickoffs out was banging 65 yarders at, at, at yeah. OTAs and then gets on that stage and just is nowhere near his confidence as kicker. I mean, even people that don't like, I have the leg that make a long field goal, but I don't have the confidence when the lights go on. I'm going to, I'm going to hit it into the, the offensive lineman, you know, 
So it's, it's, there's confidence there and he did not have any of it. Guys should get cut. I want to see another guy in, in camp. And now that two weeks in and there's less kicks go for it on fourth down. If you're really worried about, uh, uh, hurting your kicker. I mean, if, if that's what we're worried about, I'd rather just, just go for it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. They're probably going to bring in another punter and kicker, Jason, or one or the other. I mean, Carter's hurt. Davis didn't look good at all. We'll see if they just make that decision for the third and fourth game and just say, no, nah, we're going to use our starters anyway. So we're just going to cut these guys, bring in other positional players. Um, kick and punt return. We got into a little bit. Murphy, you know, Murphy is the guy, I think. Um, they do have a little bit of Taiwan Jones back there on kick. Um, so we'll see who's going to win that final battle. But I did want to quickly, quickly mention that cornerbacks, we didn't, you know, we didn't talk about it too much except Gaines and Johnson, but Levi Wallace looked a lot better today. Um, I think he's going to beat out Pitts and Borders, Jason. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I think they really like him. I still see the flashes from Borders. Um, I can see wh- why you could like him, but you know, on that should probably, could have been a touchdown in the end zone, you know, got body a little, got, got the push off, but you know, that stuff happens. Uh, you know, I saw him stay with receivers for the most part. It's so hard to tell with corners because they're not on the screen. I mean, yeah, it, is what it, is. it is what it is. Yeah, they're not, it, it's really hard for us to make that evaluation of how good the, uh, the McCray brothers played when they're not on the screen for 90% of, you know, the, the plays on, on TV. So, you know, I don't have much to say about that. I mean, the biggest indicator you're going to have is, you know, who's playing on the second unit between Borders and, and Pitts and Wallace next week. Uh, you know, Ryan Carter played a lot. Um, Interesting. Even, I think Ryan Carter I think primes, uh, prime. sort of early-ish, too. So I, I think they're giving everybody a shot as far as that goes. But uh, Well, they want two of them on their practice squad, like no doubt. So just yeah. a matter of – they want to see him and see which ones are going to be. Um, I think Levi Wallace makes the team as the fifth corner. So we'll see um, fifth and final quarter. So we'll see if he ends up beating out borders and pits or Carter. Um, but I think he does have the leg up. They like his story. They like his work ethic. He's everything this, this, this regime's about. So Jason, what an action packed show. I mean, we went, we went nice show for everyone today. God, I mean, this is your local podcast. Once again, we're going to get into this kind of stuff here. We're going to know this this 90-man roster. We're not going to just talk about Josh Allen all day. We're not going to just talk about, you know, you're running back and LaShawn McCoy. We, we did in. know a lot. We did. We did, but only because <laughs> it, was, it was necessary in this case. I tried to avoid it, um, but we did this time because he played well. One of them got hurt, and we got to evaluate it because we have an open role. But the second they name that starter, you know, we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about these, these kind of Mike loves of the world and the, and the Levi Walses of the world. And we're not going to just, you know, rail AJ McCarron versus Josh Allen versus Nathan Peterman. So what a great addition. Good Buffalo bills, 19 to 17 win over Cleveland. Always good to get in that win column. I just want one in preseason. That's all I ever ask for. I still believe in the, the curse of four losses means you're going to be bad. Um, is generally statistically true. If you can't put together a full game at some point, like you don't have the good depth to win games. So Jason, What a great addition. Thanks for coming on. As always, I'm Kevin Masseri, and that's Jason Shannon. Thanks, guys.